Chances are you've heard someone somewhere talk about batching, whether it is in terms of marketing, social media, or maybe even batching your meals. You've probably heard that word and right now you're probably having a visceral response. Either you think batching is wonderful and you feel warm and fuzzy when I say that word or you feel like batching is a bad word. <laughs> so let's dig in. Should you or should you not batch your email marketing content? Let's go through the do's and don'ts of batching. Welcome to Copy That Converts, the podcast that gives you copywriting and email marketing tips to help your business connect with ideal clients who will actually buy. Consider me your bossy big sister for your business. I'll tell you exactly what to do to create high converting copy so you can close your laptop with confidence knowing that you've created words that work. I'm Megan Wisdom, a certified copywriter and bona fide big sis who's helped five, six, and seven figure business owners make thousands of dollars through email marketing. And I want to help you do that too. Get ready for some no-nonsense, tell-it-like-it-is advice with a sprinkle of fun as we learn how to create copy that converts into sales. In case you missed it, we are in the middle of the 2024 email marketing plan series. We've already talked about how to create a content plan, how to organize our copy, where to get ideas for our topics, and how to incorporate storytelling into our emails. So if you've missed those, go back, start from the beginning. Also, you want to grab the free Confident Copy Calendar and Workbook, like tons of pages of information to help you map out your year, plan your email marketing campaigns, and write better emails, and it's completely free. So just head to the show notes, download that right now, and join in the fun because this will make you feel so much lighter, so much better about your marketing for the coming year. Okay, so batching. Batching, what is it? It basically is when you sit down and create multiple things at once so that you're not just piecemealing things together. And this can be anything in your life, as I already mentioned. Batching in regards to email marketing, there are some do's and don'ts you want to follow. So don't, it's really just one thing on the don't list. And that's don't try to sit down and write a year's worth of email in one day. That is not the goal of the 2024 email marketing plan series. It is to get a plan in place, but it's not to force you to kind of churn out all the stuff that you need for next year. That would be a exhausting. And no, you can't do that in a day unless you're like super powered on double espressos all day. Um, and two, you don't want to do that because you want your emails to include current events, content that's relevant for whatever's happening in your client's lives. So you kind of, while you can prepare for some of that, you can't prepare for all of it. So when I say, let's get a plan in place for 2024, let's get this knocked out. I don't mean let's have it all planned out and mapped out for the entire year and scheduled on January 1st. What I mean is we're going to have some kind of system organization. We're going to start trying to tackle that in chunks so you don't feel the weight of that email hanging over your head every day as you open up your laptop and think, oh, I need to do that. I need to do that. Because so many times we just kick the can down the road and put it off because we don't have an organizational plan. We don't know how to attack, have a plan of attack for our email marketing creation. So don't sit down and try to write a ton of emails in a day. It's just not worth it. However, there's plenty of do's when it comes to batching. First off, do use a content calendar to plan and schedule your content in advance. That's why I've included a comprehensive calendar, including all the major holidays inside the Confident Copy Calendar and Workbook. This will save you time. It will also help make sure that you are sending regular, consistent emails 
to your subscribers. And it will just help you when you are like overloaded, your brain is overloaded with all those entrepreneurial tasks that attack you on a daily basis. And you're like, what do I need to be doing now? Your calendar is there to save you. It's going to boss you. It's going to tell you exactly what to do because you've already planned out what you're going to write and have a topic there. And then you can just jump in and get it knocked off your to-do list. So do use a content calendar. Again, grab one, link in the show notes, completely free. Number two, you want to start small. Don't try to batch your content all at once. You want to start with a small batch. Like let's say really small would be, let's do two at a time. Next medium size, four, try four at one sitting. If you're uh, really into it, go for six or eight and knock them out or just devote a whole day to writing emails and that's it. The point is you want to, number three, batch similar material because your brain, when it gets into this like rhythm, it works better if you don't have to switch tasks all the time. For example, you could work on a sales sequence until it's done. Just work on that sales sequence, head down, get grinding and get it done. Don't worry about emails. Don't worry about answering text messages. Don't do anything else except write those sales emails. And I promise this is kind of how I tackle sales emails as well that it helps me stay focused and it helps me make sure that I'm being very precise in my language. I'm not missing anything and I'm not being repetitive because often if you write one email in a sales sequence and then come back to it later, you've kind of forgotten what you wrote. So if you stay in that groove, it's so much better. Likewise, when I mean batch similar material, this might mean writing your emails one day, writing your subject lines another. I think this is a great way to tackle this and this is what I do and this is why. So I've written my emails. If I have a thought about a subject line as I'm writing them, I will note that. But I always put it aside, let it simmer eight to 10 hours, and I'll come back to it later with a fresh mind because I've usually used up all of my good brain power working on the juicy content of those emails. And the subject line, as I've mentioned in prior episodes, is super important. We will be talking about how to workshop some spicy subject lines later on. But for now, just know the process should be like, just focus on subject lines because it's again, short, whereas you're writing, your content's going to be longer. It's just a different way of using your brain. And so when you get into this groove, you want to just sit down, tackle subject lines, come up with a bunch of subject lines and um, do that at a different time. After you've set it aside for a little bit, then you will have fresh thoughts about what to write. So batch similar material. I like what Amanda Warfield, who is the author of Chasing Simple Marketing, I heard her say one time that batching is, think about it like making cookies. You're going through steps that you're not going to make, you know, mix and then scoop and then bake just one cookie. You're going to be doing all of the mixing at once for all of the cookies. Then you're going to be doing all the scooping at once for all the cookies. And then you're going to be doing all the baking at once for all of the cookies. So it's a similar task uh, step in the email writing process that you should be working on when you're batching. Don't feel like you have to write it all though. Also, you want to set aside a specific time every week to batch your content or every you know, two weeks or every month. It depends on how many things you were actually doing at one time, but just designating a time for your email marketing is going to be important. And once you see that it doesn't really take as long as it probably, you probably think, because our brains are great like that. It tricks us into thinking things take far longer than they really do. 
I learned this years ago from, I don't even know if she's still on the internet. She's called the Fly Lady. I, it stood for something. I can't remember what FLY stood for, but it was like a home management system. And she talked about how we often think cleaning the kitchen takes an extraordinary, extraordinary amount of time, right? But really, if you set your timer for 15 minutes, you can clean your whole kitchen in 15 minutes. And I thought she was crazy. And then I did it. And I was like, okay, yeah, my brain is always trying to trick me. So I use timers all the time to prove my brain wrong. So I, I time everything. When I sit down to write an email, I time it. When I sit down to write subject lines, I time it. And then I can see the proof is there. The data is saying, it doesn't take you as long as you think, Megan. Just do it. And so when you can set aside that time blocking is going to be so helpful to keep you on task, help you prioritize content creation instead of putting it off. Also consider the time of day when you do time block. Make sure you're doing it when you're most creative or freshest. So for some people that's in the morning after they've had their coffee or some people it's like no way Jose not until after lunch because that's when I'm really awake. That's when my engines are firing on all, on all cylinders. So just find what works for you, but know that you want to be writing at your best. Also, you want to use tools that help you stay focused and uninterrupted, like put the phone on focus mode, turn off your notifications. I love to use the Pomodoro timer. This is where you can set uh, work for 25 minutes of focused work, and then you have a designated five to 15 minute break in between so that you can get up, walk around, get your steps in, feel better, you know. But 25 minutes, you can get so much done in 25 minutes. And if you're trying to beat the clock, you really will focus and do more work. So I'll drop the link to the Pomodoro timer that I use in the show notes. It's absolutely free. It's just a browser. You open up a tab on your browser and have it running while, you, while you're working. And then it will ding when it's time to switch gears. And ultimately, another thing that's going to help you badge is if you can delegate tasks. So if you have a team, you could delegate a chunk of the task. It could be the writing task. So maybe you have a copywriter that you hire that does the writing and then they send you the draft and then you do the editing as far as like, I'm not talking about proofreading. I'm talking about editing. Like if you want to add a little something, something to it, you can like that, that would be great. And just while I'm on this topic, by the way, be careful if you are Hiring a copywriter for the first time, make sure that your person is actually a copywriter because a lot of times on the internet, people will say, I'm a copywriter. What they mean is I'm a writer. Like I am a content writer. I like write blogs and they don't maybe quite understand the psychological principles behind copywriting itself. There's a very big distinction between copy and content. So just pro tip, if you're hiring someone, be sure that you have that in mind. Or maybe you write the, the copy yourself and then you send it out to a VA, a friend, an English teacher buddy, someone who can proofread for you because it's always helpful to have a second pair of eyes. They may catch things that you didn't notice. And um, I will just say my number one tip that I always told my students was your ears will hear what your eyes don't see. So even if you don't outsource to someone, you could actually read it aloud and probably catch a lot of things just FYI. And um, while we're on this topic as well, if you choose to use a friend or, um, you know, an English teacher buddy, and I'm saying this as an English teacher, that they may not be the best fit. <laughs> not for copy anyway, not for proofreading copy, because copy is very conversational and you don't want someone looking for like academic typewriting or grammar mistakes, because Honestly, we throw the grammar rules out the window when we're writing copy because, again, we write like we talk. Anyway, all I'm trying to say here is that it is really good to delegate tasks. This 
you can batch much faster. Let me give you an example from podcasting. For example, I can sit down and record podcasts, several podcasts in a row, and then I could outsource to an editor and we could get those knocked out. We could get a month's worth of podcasts knocked out in like, I don't know, a week. That's unheard of as far as like recording takes. If I do it all myself, it's going to take me multiple weeks. I'm probably only going to get one episode a week, whereas we got four episodes done in a week and then I don't have to think about it for a whole month. So just think of what can I do? What can I outsource that is going to help me get more content churned out quickly, easily, so that it's not weighing on my shoulders. That is the whole point of batching for me anyway. That's what I want people to use batching for is to feel lighter and more successful in their marketing plans so that they don't have to feel like there's some dreaded task hanging over their head at all time. Okay, so those are my do's and don'ts when it comes to batching. If you have any, I would love to hear about it because batching is still one of those things that I'm trying to figure out the what works best for me. I've tried several different things. And I feel like it's just a process for everyone. You just have to kind of get in and dibble dabble around and figure out what works best for the way that your brain works, what works best for your energy levels and all that good stuff. So if you have any hot tips, please head on over to Instagram and DM me at Megan Wisdom Writes. Send me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Oh, wait, I wanted to tell you one more thing before we go. Right now I am running a Christmas special and it is for email audits up to 12 emails, you get one-on-one -on -one personalized feedback from a certified copywriter on the emails that you write. So let's say you sit down and you batch out your content in January or February for, you know, several months and you want, you have up to 12 emails that you want to have someone review just to feel extra confident about, is this going to convert? Do I have things, links in the right places? Am I saying the right things? Do I have too much content, etc.? You can get personalized feedback from me on the copy that you wrote. So you, you may not be ready to outsource to a copywriter yet, but you can still write your copy and I can show you how to make it shine. So, I mean, this is a fantastic deal. You don't want to wait. It's only going to go on for a couple of more weeks during the Christmas season and then it'll be gone. So you can buy now, save it for later whenever you get your content ready. The link is in the show notes and I'm happy to answer any questions you may have about the whole process. But until next time, we are going to be talking about editing editing those emails. What should you be doing? What does the process look like? How do you make it faster and more efficient? Hey, real quick before you go, if you enjoyed this episode or learned something new, I'd be so grateful if you shared it with a business bestie or better yet, leave a review on iTunes because by doing so, you'll help this podcast reach more business owners who can learn how to use copywriting to grow their businesses. And that's what we're all about here. So thanks. 